We talking about water? <laughs> Starting episode nine with water? <laughs> hey, that's what we're doing. You know, man. This is a serious conversation because I'm excited is. now. It is. And Go ahead, Joe. I like to give the middle finger to all those airports that are forced to sell Dasani water. <laughs> you need to get out of that fucking deal because that man. shit is garbage and you're trying to kill us slowly. Listen, I, I think we can all that. agree Dasani water is absolute fucking garbage. I, listen, I will agree because I don't like I don't I don't really taste the difference in water depending on what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, I'll drink Fiji or I'll drink Arrowhead or whatever it is, and I'm like, oh, it's, it's all water. But yeah. that shit, you taste that shit, yeah. and I was like, nah, you taste the tap in it. Yeah, you really like, can tap, like tap tap tap. <laughs> I see the wordplay. Here damn we go, you DJs. <laughs> tap water is better than Dasani. That's yeah, for damn yeah. sure. Talk to him, and. um yeah, I can't stand them. And it's it's a Coke product, which is yeah, sad. That's, that's probably yeah, why, because they probably put Coke in that shit. Yeah, but so <laughs> is Smart Water. Smart Water is also a Coke product. But you is know, it? they sell alkaline Smart Water now. Well, now now they've introduced it, right? Because that sounds like the key healthy word. You got to tell everybody alkaline. that. Alkaline, alkaline water. PH. Which, yeah. actually, I love that. I drove that shit from too. what I've been told, is you're not supposed to drink it all the time. It's really? Sometimes. Right. So Why not drink it all the time? Yeah, I wish I had that part. The follow-up oh, okay. answer for you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't. So oh, somebody I'm sure yeah, will educate us. Yeah. Research something. Yeah. Listeners, you know, send us why. Why Episode why is it not nine talk, baby? Yeah. Why is it not yeah. good to drink alkaline water all the time? Pure okay. alkaline. So we've established the the, the worst water. I yep. mean we're pretty it's a agreement here. What's but what best? is your favorite water? Um I'm gonna go with uh Essentia, Essentia and uh Fiji. I have yet to taste Essentia, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. yeah. I have yet to taste it. I've been Handed oh. it to a couple of times, like whatever, being in clubs or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, but I never busted open. And they sell sent you in the clubs? Not necessarily sell it. They oh, might have it, you know, a little secret stash for the for the DJs and stuff like that. But um, yeah. Um Fiji, small water, uh smart water. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm all for that. Mm. I'll take an arrowhead here and there. You know what though? If if we're talking like most affordable and, and quality water is um arrowhead. Like the pH yeah. levels are mm-hmm. are right above where they need to be. I'm kind of a bougie, bougie guy when it comes to water. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna say you're living like the Olive Garden Italian life Ooh, style with with that the would hurt if I was in Joe's household right now, right? The, feel free I'm to flip this table. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Olive I'm just saying. Hey, listen. At least Gar got the at least Buka I'm just saying. Don't go Olive. At least give him Buka. Nah, because well, now Fiji's good. Yeah, Fiji's all right. I'll give him a pass. Fiji. Um, Joe said he drinks Fiji water. Fiji is fine. But what was the other one that you said? Essentia. Oh, but you said smart water. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, smart no, Essentia, smart no, water. Smart Essentia, water, the pH level suck. No, nah, because Essentia's like, Essentia's good. I just haven't tried it yet. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean. And and the uh, for those that don't know, the pH levels on, was it they sell in the club Voss? Voss. Voss, yeah. yeah. The pH levels suck on that too. I mean, I they know there's, there's people who have right? done tests on all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like they've done it. Um, for me, I'm gonna go with um, body armor. Shameless plug, body armor. Mm. <laughs> body armor um, body as my as my my favorite water, but my, the close uh, ones that I love to drink is Essentia, mm-hmm. and uh, this one's the bougiest of the, all of them. It's called Eternal, and I think they only sell them at Sprouts, is what I've seen. Mm. But I. <laughs> Spiffy, shout out to Spiffy. Spiffy, Spiffy approves. Know, he, my man knows. Eternal water is gas. And it sounds crazy, but...
But you know, living in LA, yep. there's yeah. there's the the healthy lifestyle that you're pushed on. I mean, obviously, you know, I still eat what I want to eat. Can't keep these curves. Mm, What's this know? water we're drinking right now? Uh, that's a great question. It's probably Arrowhead. Probably Arrowhead. Or, or Aquafina. Aquafina is another no. Yeah, another no. Another uh, below yeah. the pH level. It, or it's probably Sparklets. That's who delivers. Sparklets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We have Sparklets at, at the store. That's not bad. delivered. Mm-hmm. But um, for all you thirsty people out there. Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely hydrated. not. You, you got you to gotta diversify your water portfolio. And, uh, you know, so you'll taste the difference, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. And maybe feel the difference. Joe's a connoisseur in this shit. You know what I mean? I, I mean, wouldn't say connoisseur. I just drink a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I think because, you know. I just drink a on, lot of we, it. You know, when, when Mike or myself, you know, we're doing our sets, we're drinking alcohol. You know what I mean? Yeah. But mm-hmm. you're drinking water. But you know what, though? I'm a president to whatever water they got. And sometimes they just give you the water out of the fucking. Uh, the, that little thing? Yeah. Uh, they little, give you a cup of water. You're yeah, like, yo, can I get a bottle of water? Especially and they just bars. They like, just yo, give you that tap water. What, yo, yo, what's the um, water they sell at Costco and Burbank? Carlsbad. Apparently, that's the best. Not yeah. Really? Apparently, that's well, the best Carlsbad. Well, but it only that's sell- what I've been getting because I order my water from Costco. <laughs> but well, you get the Carlsbad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like the yeah, Northridge. Oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Never mind. It. Do they have like? But, really but they only bad sell them in Burbank, right? Yeah, the branding and everything is terrible. But the flavor is. Fucking it looks like a house party flyer label. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah, so if you're getting that Carlsbad. Their water's good. They also have that other brand who makes the sparkling water. What's it called? Panacotta or that, that's some. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like that one's really good water. It's got like mm-hmm. the white with orange label. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the Italian one. Yeah. Yeah, Shout when out. we was in Italy, that's all we were drinking, baby. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. tell me why we went to the DJ City um, uh, meetup, link up with Road Podcast. Shout out to Road. Um, and we went to go eat at the Italian at Italy. Italy. And we went into the restaurant there. And my dude said some shit like, uh, "Oh, we also have this this soda that's infused with like orange and it's Italian." And we're just like, "Oh, damn, that sounds fancy." And I think it was me and Marvel were like, "Yo, like, we like want l- l- we'll take one of each." Yeah. And it was just San Pellegrino. <laughs> 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 Motherfuckers he got put, us. Uh, he, he put, put the accent on uh, you. And was all about the market. And I was like, "Oh yeah, let me get one." That sounds fire. I'm like, "Oh, this ten dollars." This is. <laughs> I get this at Costco. Yeah. Damn it. Oh man. Well, shoot. Episode nine. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're fi- sorry about now the water. Now you got our talk. thoughts on water. Yeah. Seven minutes of water. Call it, of water. We call it a thirst trap uh, yeah, intro. Yeah. But uh, on the last episode, uh, we talked about <clears throat> a lot of stuff. Yeah, um, um, but but before we get into that, we had true. a question. I got a question from a friend who um, wants to get out and DJ more. He's from LA. He uh, he has his residency in LA. He doesn't. He's he's you know just doing his thing. And he asked me this club out of state, um, smaller market, but still still a popular market. And and I I think that's a big part of it. Um, the market has a lot of clubs, uh, so there's a lot of opportunities. So he asked. Um, this club wants me, but they're only paying me so much. End of the day, after I take care of X, Y, and Z, I'm left with this amount. Um, and he said, he asked me, would you do it? And I said, look, because he, he's, he's turned off by because he's looking at the dollar amount on the table. And I said, look, if you're just going to get a quick bag or if that's what you want, then then it's probably not for you. Yeah. 
you know, if you want to walk away with money, if you feel that you are losing money from your residency because you're because you do maybe you do some other work for the club that keeps you there and you feel like you're losing money, then you need to tell them. I think you need to tell them, look, you need to I need more because I'm losing money over here in L.A. Yeah. On this night. So I think you need to express that you need more money. Now, <clears throat> you can also look at it as, and what this is what I was, I mean, I'm not going to say what I would or won't do because I don't need you bookers trying to undercut me and shit. <laughs> but, but I will, uh, but I told them. You got to give advice though. But I got to give advice. So this is what you can also do. You can also look at it like this. Um, you can say, I will do it this one time. There's two scenarios. I would say, you can do it this one time. Or, or let's do it this one time and I'm going to kill it. You're going to love me and um, everyone's going to have a good time and you're going to want me back. But if you want me back, we're gonna I'm, I'm going to ch- charge more. So you can look at it like that. And then another way of looking at it is it's just saying, okay, I'll do it. But, or just, just do it. And then, you know, you're, they're probably going to want you back monthly. So it sounds like they're going to want you back monthly. Mm-hmm. So I would do it and continue to go back into that market and don't look at it as a money grab. Look at it as an opportunity to expand and meet different DJs, meet different boat bookers in the city. Maybe even stay an extra day, get in an extra day early. Yeah. And meet other DJs and bookers and get just get to know the community. Because for a few reasons, A, clubs don't last very long. So that club will close down sooner or later. Yeah. <clears throat> B, promoters move around. You know, for whatever reason, new club just opened. They just got... Um, promoted to do that um they have a fallout with the owners so promoters will take you to that new club you know and then and then if their their people get to know you then you're gonna be good in that club so it depends on how you want to look at it if if you want to charge a a big uh amount then and you're not going to get that and it just doesn't make sense for you to travel and don't travel yeah but if you see it as an opportunity to grow in a city then why not take that opportunity to get out, get to know, get to know these other clubs? And you know what? It'll it'll probably look good on an Instagram for the weekend. If if you know if you're interested in the flex and showing that you travel, uh, you'll have that flyer. You'll have uh, whatever else you create of that that'll live on your Instagram. So when people go back to looking at you, they see that you're kind of seasoned. You're you're all over the place. Yeah, you know, because you've probably done other spots too, not just your, you know, your residency. So that's my take on that. Is that what you would do? Um, I'm not going to say I would do that <laughs> because, once again, I don't need these bookers trying to undercut me. Got you. Just handing out the leverage. Yeah, hey, listen. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's what his question was. What would you do? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd probably say no. Like, But, again, it like it's all situational yeah, or whatever perspective by is. perspective yeah. and like all that other stuff. Um, so if it's like part of your income like there's situations where it's like oh like i could use the money i'll take it and then there's other situations where it's just like you got to look at like how does withhold with your brand but i think a lot of like you you had a lot of good points where like with the promoter it depends who's booking you right if it's the venue that's booking you or is the promoter booking you and then are they paying um like a promoter more than likely will be paying from their door their bar so like that budget can fluctuate yeah right and then they might want you to prove your value um, or you're already providing the value or like, are you like, are you coming with people? 
like yeah. are you bringing a spender yeah yeah those are the leverages i think that you can have to either up your price or get it down and then sometimes yeah there's situations where you're like all right cool like i'll take this amount but please know that like if i out if i outperform your expectations like let's just look at it like businessmen and see that i brought you this spender i brought you this table i brought these people like i did something yeah like not just showed up because yeah. a lot of the times you could get that whatever amount and you know just show up and do your job Drop and go about your day and and that's it and go about your day right and then the other way is like work out a multi-gig deal right yeah like work out x amount so that now you're guaranteed this profit across a certain amount of time yeah let me so, ask you this do you know uh if do you know if this DJ reached out to that venue about getting booked or vice versa? Yeah, that's a good question. That's I want to question. I want to say if if I bet on it, I want to say they reached out to him. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would say so. so. Then he yeah. holds he holds a, a little bit more leverage. And that's yeah, why I told him I said, yeah. end of the day, the ball will be in your court because you either want more money or you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Or you killed it and now they want you back, or um, or you continue to go out there. And you're creating a name for yourself mm. and you're networking and you're going to, in the long run, the ball's still in your court, I think, in the long run, because now you can expand and go to different clubs. Mm. True. Yeah. There, yeah. There's, I mean, it's not, nothing's guaranteed yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, but I, I, I don't know why they would just bring you out for one gig. I imagine there's more, if they're reaching out to you, there's probably more opportunities on the table. You have the LA stamp. You yep. know what I mean? You, you, you're a venue at, I mean, you're a resident at one of the hot venues, so why wouldn't they continue? True, you know, being in the LA market. Yeah, but um, it sounds like it would be a good opportunity for him to to do it if that's the scenario. Yeah. If they reached out to him, he's holding a little leverage, like Mike was saying. He can turn it into being a multi gig thing. He can, you know, create. He can network and expand yeah. his brand and yeah. and utilize it to his to his advantage. I mean, just get you, out just there. Gotta, you just gotta invest in yourself. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean, you, you know, you, you know gotta what take else? those risks and those else. At one hundred percent. Um, one other thing I say is like, look, man, none of us, uh, you know, we're we're not like Tay James. Tay James can say yes or no to any booking he wants. Yeah. He can he can tell you exactly how much he wants, and if not, you're gonna he's gonna walk away. Yeah. So you gotta understand where you stand. No matter how hot your club is, no matter how, um, no matter where you're coming from. You really got to put yourself, you really got to understand where you are moving forward. Now, there's nothing wrong with saying, no, I want more. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But if you want to continue to expand, that's just where the game is now. You got to, I'm not saying you got to run yourself thin. You got to take um, a lot less just to get around. But if you're, if it's something you're really interested in pursuing, you know, you got to take, you got to take these chances. And, you know, and, and unless, you know, like Mike says, it's something that he's not interested in. Because it's just it doesn't move him. Yeah, don't make and sense that's respectable yeah. and that's understandable. Yeah, there's two sides to it, right? Like you could accept it and then expand on and try to. You got to capitalize on doing that, mm -hmm. not just show up. Yeah. And then the other side is if you said no, then it's a real thing that you could be, go ask that venue. I turned them down for that amount, right? Like yeah, and and, and and I'm glad you said go go ahead go ahead. No, no, that was kind of done. Well, I'm glad you said that because I also told him I said, look, end of the day, the city's gonna know what you're about if they're ever interested again cause, because A, going back to my first example, word's going to get out. You ain't doing shit unless you're getting X amount. 
someone else is going to want you, they're going to ask, yo, how much for this guy? Yeah. Oh, he turned me down. He wanted too much. What was it? You know, I don't know, whatever. And then it's like, oh, shit. Okay, well, that's what we got to do to get this guy out. Or B, you do it, you kill it, and then you and then you say you want more, you know, then you can, word's going to get out, this is what you're worth, you know? Yeah. Um, you ever think that tactic would ever backfire, though? If you're saying, if he's, if, it's, if the it's approach not a, is- I don't think it's a backfire if, if that's what you want. Well, it depends on who you want to work with, too. Like, think yeah. about it. Like, if you, you wanted to go to this market and- Let's just call them a top 10 venue. Mm-hmm. But your goal is to play in the top two. Mm-hmm. Like, not playing there could be a better look than playing there yeah. for a low, like, oh, low yeah. change. Yeah. Like, like it's just brand consistency because sometimes, and that's that's sometimes a battle I've gone through where it's like, there's some venues I've played that I don't think, like, might fit where I where where I want to head. It might actually be a weight on my brand yeah. to get to where I want to get. But it is a platform. So then I have to decide or we all of us can decide at some point like, all right, do I want to play here instead of, you know, these next places? Yeah. Or go fall within the brand. Cuz yeah, we we could all be verse DJs and cover all genres. Yeah. Right? And I think we all do. We all come from that background. But, you know, because, I, you know, if you play a certain venue, you're going to be labeled a certain... Like, if you're a hip, yeah. hip-hop venues, you're a hip-hop DJ. Listen. If you're a, a yeah. house, you know, house venues, you're yeah. a house DJ. I'm black. I'm automatically described as a hip-hop DJ. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. So, like, I mean, that's, like, the danger of it, right? Like, so you just got to be able to, I think make the right decisions into what you want to do and yeah. what steps you want to take. I think you just have to read that situation. I think, um, you know, I don't want to discourage our listeners because I think you can create whatever you want in regards to how you want to, like, <clears throat> um, to Mike's point, it is, it is kind of a, a scary thought to think, fuck, if I do this venue, then this venue is not going to consider me because this venue is a lower tier. But then you can also, look at is i'm gonna use this smaller venue to get into the door of the city and and then just continue to build and grow because yeah on on the surface it looks like if you do this you're not going to do that you do the small club you're not going to do the biggest club in the in the city but there's always a loop i think there's always a loophole and and one of those loopholes is your um relationship with people yeah because i've been in this situation at some point in my career where i was doing a small city or I was doing a small venue and I did it for uh, about a year and it just, it, it just felt it was time to move on. Yeah. But in the midst of that year, I was connecting and having dinner with different people and mm-hmm. DJs and bookers, which opened me up to doing bigger, you know, doing the biggest clubs in that city. And, you know, and someone had told me, um, as long as you're spinning there, I'm not going to book you at my spot. And and he had to be really drunk to tell me that, mm. you know, it's not something he he wanted to tell mm-hmm. me sober, but um, and and you know I was already on my way out of that smaller spot, mm. so it, you know I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Even though like I think there's more to it than just someone telling you that. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like I I like you know, there are so many examples out there of like like Dre Sinatra used to do. 
you know, outside looking in on his career, he when he was he was running around with Ray J and he was getting booked, he was killing it. And then, you know, the Ray J thing went away and he was doing smaller hip hop spots um, in Hollywood, which uh, at the time hip hop was like, you know, it was like 2011. It's like the 12. big Meech area. It, no, no one really like it. It was, it was. No one really l- respected hip hop like that in mm. Hollywood. You know. Yeah, the category. Yeah, Ty Dolla wasn't even a thing yet. He yeah, had his mixtapes. Yeah. So, so it was like around that era. So, you know, Dre's doing whatever he has to do, and then he gets with Ty, and now fast forward, he's doing whatever he wants to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. I don't want DJs to think if I do this, this is it. It's a wrap for my career. Yeah. It's not like that. Things change, people change, music changes, venues change. So do do what you feel is right, and ultimately you're going to learn from whatever it is. Well, and there's like a balance, a counterbalance to that too, right? Like mm-hmm. Ty helped Drake like put his name for in sure. like a different caliber, but also. Dre's been down with hip hop artists and the hip hop culture and working with, you know, people like Amen and Charisma, also people who like have been down with hip hop, you know, beyond when, you know, EDM, if you will, was at its prime. Yeah. And, you know, because of that, that loyalty and consistency. And now there's actual money being thrown into um, the hip hop side of things, of venues. Like, I I mean, I spent a day with uh, with Dre not too long ago, and this dude's like a m- machine. Mm-hmm. Like, the dude is literally going from one gig to another gig to working this concert to working uh, for LAFC to having to record a mix and then do Greystone at night. Yeah. yeah. Like, in one day. And, you know, I think that's an attribute to to the change and in, in how things work. You know, sometimes it's going to be good. Sometimes it's going to be slower. And then... And then your time may come. Yeah. Right. You know? and, and Dre didn't know like the whole tide thing was going to pop off like that. I don't think so. There, I think there, that's just the universe speaking to yeah, the hard work exactly. that you've been doing. I mean, there's a there's hundreds of DJ, I mean, um, rappers and singers in LA yeah. trying to get off, you yeah. know? And and so that worked out incredibly for Dre. But again, I don't want anyone to be uh I don't want anyone to think that they can't make something happen. Like Whatever you do, do what feel what you feel is right. Dre felt it was right to work with Ty, and then it ultimately worked in his favor. And for the sake of like the conversation, right? You kind of have an experience on the opposite side of that spectrum, mm-hmm. where you were doing stadiums and uh, huge uh, Vegas residencies yeah. with LMFAO, and then that kind of just peaked. Yeah, and then you had to kind of start over. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It wasn't too long ago that I had to start over. Um, so, and you're just now catching really your yeah. like, strides, yeah, you know, yeah. where you had like this dark time and you had to figure out what venues to just take and, you know, it's yeah. like, and that's tougher. Yeah. And, and that, um, and so, you know, it, it kind of sounds like a Republican Democrat type of conversation, <laughs> but, but it's, it's a really good conversation, I think, because there's people, fine people on both sides that oh are listening <laughs> but no but no yeah i we i have to bring dre on so there's like a little bit of perspective between the hip-hop and the yeah. edm world oh, yeah. but 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 end of the day it's 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 someone's going through it you, 100%. Know, it you know someone's going through it and they they have to figure their way out in it in it and that's figure their way out of it yeah 100 so. percent. i mean move move the waves and then yep. see what where it stands as well being loyal yeah. to who you are because i think 
you know, the other big conversation that some of the people have. And I think there's some resentment on the hip hop side that like people who like were EDM at the time were EDM and like DJs. Yeah. yeah. Right. There's some, I think there's some resentment. It's like, yo, this is our scene. Like what you doing? Jumping ship. Yeah. And then there's the opposite side, right? Where like some guys who were like, no, nah, I'm, I'm a hip hop DJ. But then they started producing like house records just yeah. to fit in with the mold. Like, I think, you know, just keeping your identity through the like thick and thin is really important because eventually when that time comes, like yeah. you have something already there established. And I think, you know, it, as a work, as at the time being a working DJ, like you kind of did have to shift just to like make ends meet if yeah. you were doing what you love. But also, you know, once you find what you, I think this is just my opinion, but I believe that you can get further in your craft if it's something that you firmly believe in from the get. Yeah. Versus like forcing it. Chasing the wave. Yeah. Which I think I I would love to at some point um, have a topic or a conversation of, in an episode of just life after DJing kind of thing. Mm. Where mm-hmm. not necessarily you're done DJing, but like, you know, you have to find something else that evolves from all that time invested networking. Like how to how to really utilize that for a new chapter to diversify your income because mm. yeah. if you're just counting on physically being somewhere, DJing to your 50, which there's nothing wrong with that. But like... Because we know some 50-year-olds that DJ. And much respect to them. And they kill it, mm-hmm. obviously. But like at some point, you got to build something around... Like all the a, hard work. Something, yeah, all the hard work that you put in, all those years you put in. Like, yo, you can't be... 45 or 50 and then be like all right i'm ready to grind i'm ready to network <laughs> like my brother oh my like where, where you been the last 20 years <laughs> like yo like you can't do that i mean you can but it's gonna be a tougher road yeah you know i'm shit i'm 35 turning 35 yeah in, in a year and i already feel like man i'm counting the days before i don't want to step into a club man you know what yeah. i'm saying but like but at the moment, I'm still like I feel like I'm only getting better um, with my True. knowledge, you know. So, um, yeah, you got to just find the the life after DJing side, and I think once you get that, and that could be that can mean many things. Still involved with music, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. But um, we could get into that whole other oh yeah uh, other time. The last episode we talked about catering to either the dance floor or. The table and how we approach that and you know you know just knowing your crowd knowing your crowd yeah. and you know how do you approach those things you know we we spoke on having residencies and recycling sets so i asked a question uh right before we ended the episode if you guys and i think it was more so directed towards joe but mike i want your your opinion on it as well because uh, joe travels uh, uh more than mike and, and myself yeah is when it comes to preparing your sets, or I shouldn't say preparing your sets, but when it comes to uh, doing your sets in these spots, are you someone that prepares it to where you're playing your songs, you make a list and you're playing it from front to back? Like, all right, I'm going to start yeah. it off with my intro, then this song's going to come after and so on and so on and so on and so on down the list. Yeah. Or are you more somewhat, are you more so someone that kind of like, all right, I have an idea of this shit that I want to play, yeah. but I'm going to wait till I get there Read the try to read the crowd a little bit and then go from there. Yeah. Um, I think uh, w- what what I normally do is like 10 minutes before 
the um, I'm about to go on as the opener's playing. Because <clears throat> the opener will ask me, do you want me to leave you off anywhere or do you want me to go in? I'm just, do your thing, dude. Yeah. Just keep, especially if it's a little slow. Yeah. Do what you got to do keep people here. I don't care what you play. Just do what you got to do. I kind of go off where he leaves me or within the last 10 minutes. So I will plan. I'll have, I don't know, let's call it 20 songs lined up, queued up, <clears throat> in order, ready to go. Okay? And let's say Shrine in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Because that's the most open format and the best, like, responding crowd to me uh, out there. So let's say Shrine, Saturday of Shrine. I'm, I'm hitting them with, like, five EDM remix, familiar songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm dropping it into, like, 100 BPM, back up to 128. 128, and then into some 70 BPM. And then just whatever after that. So I'll put out a list of everything I want. And then once I get into it, I'll scrap that list. I'll just completely do, I'll just start picking different shit or I'll pull them out of order. Okay. Because even though I have a set list, the wheels are still turning. Because I don't know how they're going to react to yeah, this list. Exactly. I can give you an idea of what I think, how they're going to react. Yeah. And like you said in the last episode, you know, you, you sometimes people, you get different crowds. Yeah. So... I so I I do that pretty often where I have the set list and and if I feel like my first five EDM songs I feel like they've heard that at the beginning before mm-hmm. I'll use a different set of songs okay you know um and you know I'll I'll go into like the first time I did a Friday at Shrine I'm thinking all right this seems like a similar crowd mm-hmm. and then so I I start off with one EDM song and the response it was good but it wasn't great like it usually is on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. From that point on, I went down to 100 mm. and just started hitting them with familiar 100 BPM songs. Okay. Old, not maybe some new, but stuff they just knew. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do prepare, but I don't always stick by it. And I know I can just not think. I, I know I can just make my life easier and just p- play the 20 songs I have lined up. Mm. But A, that's not always fun. Yeah. Um. B, it, it's... uh. You're not guaranteed, though, that order is going to work, so the wheels are always turning for me. So you more mm-hmm. so have a, a, a structure as a more, a struc- so, as to, more so than, like, set plan, set, uh, yeah. plan sets. To you me. have, like, a structure. So you know, it. okay, this first part of my structure is, we, like you said, it's going to yeah. be my EDM stuff. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same EDM songs. Right. It can change. But I know if, okay, if I'm starting off with this structure and it's not working— I can move on to my second structure. You know it, to me, it's I have a formula. I know for the first twelve minutes, th- I know I can I can keep them interested in EDM for for twelve minutes. Okay, ten, twelve minutes, whatever you want to call it. And then after that, I will grab their interest. I'll, I'll mix it up by going down to hundred BPM. Okay, for let's say another 12, 10, 12 minutes. Let's say fifteen minutes because okay. it's more familiar, more gotcha. relatable songs, and then. I think it's to me for most 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 of clubs I've do I've done going down to seventy BPM is mm-hmm. too soon, right after, because that's what if I go on at twelve, that's like twelve. That's about twelve thirty or so. That's right? about twelve thirty. Twelve forty five. If I do do that, I'm playing the most obvious songs that they know. We're talking about Cardi B ish. Cardi type B, stuff. Yeah. Paris. Yeah, yeah. So I'm doing that, and then. I'm probably I'm working probably working my way back up to 100 and then 128 if I think they still want it. Okay. But sometimes clubs just 
the crowd just wants you to get the 128 out of the way early on yeah. and then you and then you you realize it's not hitting them as hard as it should so i probably won't go back up there mm. but the, i have a formula set yeah okay and within that then things can change within that formula but to me that formula is always guaranteed to work now if it's a more of a hip hop club that you still mix in remixes mm-hmm. i'm not talking like a pure hip hop club but if it's a hip hop club where you can still mix in reggaeton or or yeah, remixes yeah, yeah, yeah. or more of a top forty club, Momotone remixes yeah. or whatever, you know, I'm probably starting off with 100 BPMs, okay, and then and then uh, I might, I don't know, I might jump out to 128 with like familiar shit they may know, mm-hmm. and I'm quickly getting out of that and going somewhere else, mm-hmm. 100 or 70, but I don't like, you know, people are gonna feel one way or another about sets about their about how they um have their sets lined up before going in yeah but and that's fine you know to each his own but to me that formula works all the time yeah and absolutely that's what i roll with every time yeah. what about you mike um i mean in in regards to just like do i have like sets that i kind of just go to or like i'm saying like you're you're if you got you walk into playhouse yeah and your set is two hours long yep and you got a plan set for two hours. Let's not even hour say the whole half. two hours. We'll say the whole. Hour we'll say an hour and a half. Because that last, because that last thirty minutes is, yeah. you can throw it up in sure. the air. It's you know, people free. are walking so out to free fall. So let's say an hour, hour fifteen minutes. Okay. Yeah. You got a plan set. I mean, you know exactly every song that you're going to play, mm. one right after another, as opposed to going in there, looking at seeing what the crowd is giving you, yeah. and then choosing what you want to play or what direction you want to go into. Yeah, from there. I mean, well, first the the opener dictates a lot, right? Like the energy exactly that you're being left off of. If they're banging them out like before mm-hmm. I'm on, then I kind of have to like go into this mentality of like I'm gonna reset the room a little bit. Yep, because I'm not sure where he went before I even stepped in. Yep. Yeah, and so I need to kind of level things out a little bit. And then start to play, like, bangers, if you will. Because with an hour, especially, at, like, I play house, you know, which I have a lot of fun with, but it's also one of the tougher rooms in the city in regards to you really have to, like, walk people through the experience. Yep. And so I've had I've had nights where I felt really confident there, and I've done a great job to the, set, to the point where, like, I've been brought back. But there's also been times where, like, I've gotten good feedback, but I also didn't feel, feel very good, good about exactly. it, right? Because I'm not sure if the table's closest to me, like where their vibe was or if yeah. I was doing this. So, um, you know, it's it's all about reading that. And so, anyway, I, I start with the opener and where they went and what their vibe is. And then um, after that, it just comes down to, you know, going into what I think will work. Yeah. And so for the most part, what I do to set set that up, um, because back like 2012 and about till about 2015, yeah. like I was really on some like mini sets, you know, the wordplay, yep. the tricks, the, yeah. the different stuff like that. And then now like I'm very distant from that. Like I do a lot of on the fly, reading the crowd, yep. mm-hmm. typing in a lot, you know, yep. like um, I, I'll purposely, what I do is um, I'll export um, p- 
like what I played a certain night at a certain club Mm -hmm. and I'll put it into this folder and then that folder kind of turns into its own main folder. Yeah. And then if I'm playing a hip hop venue, I'm going to have a hip hop like sets. Yeah. And then what I, what, what's for me and, um, we could dive a little deeper into this part, but the way I organize my music these days, it used to be genre based. But I'm more so organized by time, like the date that I pulled the song. Mm. And so I know how far back to go because it's just a reference yeah. for me versus like type into the hip hop. And then there's all types of different hip hop. Right? Yeah, yeah. You could break that into whatever, you know, off the top of my head. I used to break down hip hop by like hip hop rap, hip hop golden era, hip hop, you know, whatever. Um hip-hop 90s right yeah, like yeah. whatever and so there's so many subgenres that at, at a certain point once you start doing enough gigs i just throw actual gigs because it's like okay at some point in my career i've played this song inside of a club yeah that means it's club playable yeah not everything has that impact that's in your right. library mm-hmm. and so so that's usually what i do is just i just have a reference crate and then i'll go to the more recent download pools because that's where I might introduce a new record or like I want to play this record, yeah, you know, into that. And then I'll also do the same thing for different kinds of venues. So if it's like hip hop or open format, at that point, anything I've ever played at a club is in one folder. Yeah. yeah. And then I'll just bounce, you know, yeah, bounce yeah. around and do yeah. whatever. But I'm I've gone I've distanced myself from um from doing any like set playlist. Yeah. And every now and then I've messed around with the idea of a couple tricks that I've never like put out to the world. I'll test them out like in live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And see how it goes. But I have I don't focus on that as much as I do as just reading the energy, reading the crowd. Exactly. Um I've always um had this like idea that, you know, doing that your night is like a canvas. Yeah. Right? Like a, a blank canvas. And the opener being there like you're giving you're trusting somebody with the paint mm-hmm. and the foundation because their job is to lay down the foundation mm-hmm. and the background and it's your job to make it exciting and and finish it and like make it look dope if you're not on the same page sometimes that picture going to look crazy at the end of the yeah, day yeah man <laughs> you know so sometimes you got to just you know it, it's i think that's why i also enjoy sometimes like if i have the night to myself djing wise yep and then um but then, you know, when you get the right guy to to do the night with you, it's like, you know, you can end up with a with a masterpiece. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. What about you, bro? I mean, I'm I'm more of a of a freestyle, you know, just based off of what Mickey says, you know, when we're talking about preparation, mm-hmm. I will store all my uh my music in a in a genre set type of folder, but then I break them off basically I do it off of venues. You know what I mean? So if yeah. like, all right. We talked about, you know, residencies and stuff like that. So I know I spend that X amount of spots, right? You know you spend that X amount of spots, whether that's Shrine, Grand, wherever, right? Um, so I spend out these spots. So I'll have, okay, this folder's labeled this spot. And then I'll throw in, I'll throw everything in there that I have an idea of stuff that I want to play. Mm-hmm. So everything that I have an idea of, I'll throw in that folder. And I, I even got into the point where I'll break it down to like, okay, this is more of, I well, I do my best to get to a spot at least twenty minutes to thirty minutes before my set, yeah, because of the opener, yep, right, to see what the opener is going to play. I know 
and the la- 30 minutes before my set, I don't, I, obviously, I'm not repeating those songs. So, yeah. but I'm at least not repeating any songs 30 minutes that were played before I got there. Gotcha. You get what I mean? Whatever was before that time, I, I got no control of it. If I happened to play a song that he played 45 minutes, an hour before I got there, then it, it, that much time has gone past. The, the the switch has been changed. More people are in the room. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it'll, it'll pretty much, you know, be fine. You know what I mean? It won't yeah. be like people are looking at me like, yo, this song I played already 10 minutes ago. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, but if I run into a scenario where I can't get there 20 to 30 minutes, uh, I always ask the opener if I can look at their history. Okay. I look at their history yeah. and I at least try to scan what they played in the last 20 to 30 minutes. For sure. That way I can go, okay, cool. I see where your vibe yeah. was. And then I can feed off of that. Has everyone reacted positive to that? Um, for the most part, people are cool about it. Um, I have looked at, I have gotten some dudes that looked at me sideways, like, "Why you want to see my history for it?" And I'm just like, and I, you know, I have to explain to them, "Yo, I just don't want to play some shit that you played already." That's all it is, because I wasn't here, you know. Whether whatever the reason why I got to, to my to my gig with ten minutes or five minutes to spare. Um, so I try to do that, but I've broken it down to where I'm like, okay, all right, my first, you know, like you said, I have a pretty much of a structure. Like the first ten to fifteen minutes is more of like a, a the warm up for what my set would could be considered like yeah. a warm up. Like I got to get my hands right. I'm cold. I'm going in there cold. I got to get it. Okay, cool. I know. Then I, then it's the what I would consider like quick energy. Now I'm going to build this energy up. Yeah. Right, so yeah. that means I'm burning through tracks. So I find tracks that are familiar that I can burn through. Like I could just play the hooks, get out of them, boom, 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 knock them out. So yeah. that's another whatever x amount of songs, and then we jump into the climax. That's when we, you know, we're we're getting around that one a.m., one fifteen, and you know the bottles are flowing, people are having a good time, people on the dance floor are pretty much drunk, and then I'm hitting them with familiar shit. Now that's usually my structure, but. I try, I, I do my best to look at the crowd and seeing what it is. And sometimes I walk in and I got to jump right to the climax, you know, structure yeah. of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm just like, all right, cool. We just, we going to go here. City girls, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, whatever the scenario, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, whatever song is it right there. Um, yeah. And it's just going from there. So I'm more of a throw all the songs in one folder and just bounce around. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. There's times where I'll open up my set with seven BPMs. There's times where I open my set with a hundred or you know one fifteen or something like that. Yeah. So I'm 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 all over the place depending on the the crowd what it is because I've done like you said we've got residencies but I've getting different crowds every time. You know what I mean. I I can go in and be like, all right, I know these songs will work. I know this opener is going to play the same shit, and I can go down and and yeah. do this shit, but. I don't know that I'm necessarily going to get the same crowd that I got the last time I was here. Yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to walk in there and be like, okay, I could think I'm going to get the same crowd, but I'm not. So I'm going to read it, see what they're responding to, what the opener's playing, and then just base it off of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've seen scenarios where guys will literally play down a list. Yeah. And ne- the only time I've seen it go their way is when it was a showcase. You know what I'm saying? When it was your showcase sure. DJ scenario, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Different yeah. situation. You know I mean? Different situation. Yeah. That's the only time I've seen it go well. Where the DJ doesn't even need headphones. He knows his routine. He's going one song, yeah. sex song. He knows where he's going. He knows where he's going to come in or whatever. But I've seen guys go down the list and it just backfired. I'm like, bro, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? First of all, he just played that shit, you know, yeah. a couple of minutes ago. Like, you, you, you're not reading the crowd. You're playing this because... It fit in your set, but yeah. it's not fitting the the, yeah. the atmosphere or the vibe of the of the yeah. spot that you're in. So 
you know, and I see, a, I, I know of, and I've seen a lot of DJs do that. And I'm always curious of why. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what is what is your mindset behind doing something like that? Because is it you just trying to play safe? Is it that you're just comfortable doing that? Are you used to doing spots like that? Like, and I said, it it would make a little bit more sense for cats that are traveling do more of. I don't want to say do more of EDM stuff, but you know more of the house stuff because for the most part, in those scenarios people are coming to see you do your thing as opposed to just coming to the venue because it's a dope venue. Right. Not knowing who the fuck is on the bill. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when when that's the scenario where we're coming to see you do your thing, you could play down the list. They gonna react to whatever the fuck you play. Yep. So you can play down the list as opposed to like, yo, we this is a dope club. Oh, who's spinning tonight? Oh, such and such. I don't really know that person. Or I've seen them, I've known of them spinning here before. Let's go check it out. Yeah. And then you just got to, you know, play to your crowd and just be able to read your crowd so that's why i always i'm, I'm always curious i'm curious to the listeners as well what do you guys do let us know what you guys do do you play down the list if you play down the list that's your forte i'm just thinking that's in my opinion i don't do that and i've seen in my experience i've seen it fail in a lot of uh in a lot of cases but if that's what you do then you know by all means um or if you're more of a freestyle kind of person and you just kind of go in there read your crowd and you just you're bouncing all around yeah well it's crazy it's like times like again, DJ technique and, and like style has like evolved, right? Mm-hmm. We, <clears throat> all three of us, kind of came up in an era where um, AM was like the man, yeah, right, or at least the most successful DJ to come w- like into the scene without actually having a song or mm-hmm. record, yep, right, yeah. like not not that kind of an artist, and so in many ways. You know, you kind of emulate what is successful. Yep. Yeah. And so at the time, the tricks, the word plays, the different things like that, those things were dominant and what could get you a, a gig because like, oh, that sounds real similar to the guy that's doing the most. Yeah. yeah. But <clears throat> as time has gone and, you know, AM's spirit still lives on, of course, um, because of his impact. And I think a, a lot of what we do today wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for for what he's been able to do yeah. um, and everybody else around him. Um, but there isn't really that guy other than like, I, I, for me personally, who I, who I would always look to after that was kind of four color Zach. Yeah. You know, who, yeah. who brought in tone play at the time. And now that's kind of phasing out. Yeah. Right. And so what does that sound like? And there, I don't think there's really, sets like that anymore yeah. you know what I mean yeah. so I don't think people look at that yeah. people look more to at least in LA you know you're looking at more like the guys who use the mic you know yeah. shout out to episode 5 or <laughs> 6 or whatever yeah. whatever number it was I think it's 6 and so um, you know you see more of that style evolving and so um, yeah I mean I think more than ever you just gotta just gotta read the crowd man and like read the situations and mm-hmm. yeah. anything can happen because the reality is the hottest record on the charts could work just as well as a record that's just charting on SoundCloud. Yeah. You know, because of just how social media works. Pop smoke. Yep. Yeah, that's a great example. From my understanding, I'm not completely like I'm not I would I'm personally I don't know if I'd like want to hear that. <laughs> on a daily in my drive. Yeah, man. But my understanding is it's the biggest record in, 
in New yeah, York. Yeah, it is, man. Or, I got, or East I got, Coast. I got to put it on there early because of these little-ass kids, man. And it's huge. And it's so it's, it's a huge. huge record. It's huge. I saw it played in Vegas like two days ago. No reaction. Like, complete lost. <laughs> like, but there was a table or two that yeah. were just wilding out. Yeah. And so, like... If those guys were the ones spending the money, then like honestly, hey. it's a win. Yeah, hey, you know what I mean. Day, yep. But yeah, that's a great example. Um, two. One thing that I want to touch back on that you both of you touched on was, you said it takes you about fifteen minutes warmed up and to get yourself get things right. Mm-hmm. And and um, Mike made the said the example of sometimes the opener comes in too hot and he has to mellow it out. Mm. For 10, 15 minutes. Um, there are a lot of cause there are a lot of clubs that you may, that you probably spin in, not you two, but that you, the listener, probably spins in, and you don't realize that they're not ready to go at twelve. No. They're probably ready to go at twelve fifteen, yeah, twelve thirty. So you have to find songs. You have to be aware that there are specific there are songs that you have to play if your if your crowd's not ready until let's say twelve twenty. If your crowd's not ready to go, you have to find songs that keep them interested, but not bangers off the bat because exactly. you can't force them to be ready. Yep. You know what I mean? So, and you know, uh, traditionally, what I'm used to is 12 o'clock, crowds are ready to go. Shrine is ready to go at 12. Mm-hmm. Grand's ready to go at 12. So I hit them off the bat with that. But there has been a situation where an, where an opener just fucking she she didn't burn me she just she doesn't know any other mode but sicko mode she burned you she just Let's no say what it is no well well here's the thing she all she does is um festivals so got she you. doesn't have an opening set I, i'd put my money on that she doesn't have an opening set got you she got just you. knows how to go hard so she went hard before i went on and i'm like this is real intense at 10 30 and it's written <laughs> all over everyone's face so I have to have the knowledge of, of my uh, crates and my music selection. I have to know what songs I need to play that aren't that that still maintain the energy, but I'm not going to burn myself. Yeah, because I need to bring this. I need to simmer this shit down a little. Yeah, you know. So, I so I play like 10, 15 minutes of familiar songs, and but but shit that just wasn't so hardcore. You know, you hit the reset and then button. I hit the reset button, and then I jump back into mm-hmm. it. Hitting them hard, you know, where where I thought they should be, but again, you gotta understand if it, just because you're on at twelve doesn't mean you need to go hard at twelve. Yeah. Sometimes, and you know, to what I recently did was I told the light guy, give me two songs because they play your your images and and whatever. You're and you know they do something special with the lights when the headliner Danger gets has on. an intro, so he's kind of like yeah, you know, he's a little so, bigger. That's why I so, said intro. And, and I have visuals and there's moving visuals yeah, and all yeah, kinds yeah. of shit. So. So I told him, I said, look, give me two songs, keep keep it, at, you know, keep the lights where they are, and um, and when I play my intro, you'll hear it. my name's all over. It says it's like twenty times Danger Zone. That's when you know the next song will be my first song. Mm-hmm. So turn, you know, do what you got to do with the lights when I play my intro. So you know, you got to be able to, if you, if you're in that situation, you got to communicate that to yeah. the lighting guy or sound tech or whoever's controlling the boards. But again. You don't have to go hard at twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, know know that your crowd your crowd may not be ready. Ask somebody, yo, what time does it really pop off in here? Every spot I go into in Hollywood, a hip hop spot, 
the the headliner goes on at twelve thirty. Yeah. But from my knowledge, from what I see in my own eyes, it really doesn't jump off till twelve forty five. Yeah, twelve forty five. So you got to do something yeah. within those fifteen minutes that's still hype, separates you from the opener, but you're not burning yourself. Exactly. Well, really, I come from a a background of. Uh, you mix out of whoever's opening from you yep. and your goal is to sound like them mm. because you want the crowd to not feel this abrupt change. Yeah. And then and then it puts like this different kind of pressure into how you're gonna do the next couple minutes. Mm-hmm. And you're while you're getting settled in, yep. you're still trying to like even figure out how you're comfortable because some equipment could be set up a certain way. Exactly. You might have a wired mic, you might have a wireless mic. The the laptop stand could be in front on the side. Like you got to get accustomed to what your environment is before then you could just boom hit them with yeah a big hit or get on the mic, introduce yourself. You know, I always tell, and it's funny you say that because yeah, there's definitely venues that want you to smack them right over right. the head out the gate. Yeah, and like dudes are like, all right, cool, you ready? And it's like, nah, bro, hold on, like let me let's get there. First. Let me let me yeah. reset the room. Mm-hmm. Let me reset the vibe. And then once I'm comfortable and I, I know both decks are working. Yeah. You know, exactly. Anything can happen. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Um, make sure the CDJs are linked up or yeah. I don't have a bad needle, if you will. Um, like all those things have to be right. Yeah. Before you can really go. And I have, as you were talking about it, I thought of this like metaphor. It could, this could go really good or really bad. <laughs> so all I'm going to say is that it's like in- encountering your partner um in bed and you have to make sure that you've done all the right things to set up all the foreplay <laughs> beforehand mm-hmm. like get a little coconut oil mm-hmm. massage her or him if you're a, fem- a woman dj out there but you got to set up the vibe to the right time to when you can really get into it exactly. yeah. you can't just start you know what I'm saying? Go ham. Like, Look, there's a time and place for banging it out. <laughs> yeah. But just know when it when know, and where you can do just, that. Just, okay. Yeah. But those people that the, well, let's just but the times that you wanted to bang it out, did you really care? Yeah. No. That's a good point. Yeah. So yeah. if you really care about your crowd, you yeah. really care about your night, you're gonna build into that. You're gonna moment. put it in that preparation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're gonna you're yeah. gonna get them led on and then when the time is right and you finally go in. It's on. It's on. Um, you know, I, I feel like we're about to wrap it up now, but one, one thing I want to jump no, away. Hey, hey, I see what you did. Hey, all right, y'all nasty. <laughs> y'all nasty with it. All right. Oh, man. I hope, hope motherfuckers are still wearing condoms in 2019. <laughs> no, I don't it's think just, they are, bro. Yeah, it's just I'm, unpopular. I'm it's just well, unpopular opinion. Uh, I'm not saying, I mean, I. But um, one anyway. thing I wanted to jump back to. At the beginning of the episode, we talked about the um, uh, my friend looking to get booked out of town. Um, one thing I recently experienced was getting into, uh, and I kind of wanted us to touch on this as well, but um, it's I think it's important to get into a city a day early or stay a day later. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of talked about it, but I think it's re- very important because so you can get to know what the city likes. Yep. Right? Like yeah. you're, you're coming from one city. And and you know especially if you're coming from LA where it's a very specific sound yeah you go if you go to another city they're probably not going to want to hear pop smoke or any of that other stuff so it's good to get out and hear what the DJs are doing as much as you can bounce around um, another reason why it will be good to get into a city early I got into a city early um, and uh, I was just there to chill again just to get get the um, 
you know, check out uh, the DJs, support some friends. Mm-hmm. And a, a friend hit me up saying, yo, can you cover for this guy? Um, there's a miscommunication with the booker. Yeah, I'm, I'm off tonight. I got you. So then he said, okay, contact this other guy. The, contact the booker. I said, oh, I know the booker. I've been trying to get booked for him for a year at his other venue, and he hasn't responded. So I said, this this could be a good opportunity to, you know, do my thing and then work with this, work more with this booker. Yeah. So I reached out to him. And, and again, like, I've been reaching out to this dude for a year without getting upset for not responding. Even mm-hmm. when I saw this guy in person, I didn't even ask about a booking. I just kept it cool, talked about whatever, and, you know, and just left it where it was. So reaching out to this dude for a year. Now... He says, hey, man, we appreciate you covering for us. We, we made a mistake. Um, you know, glad, to, glad you can help us out. I say, well, you know, hopefully if it all, if it all works out, maybe this, maybe now you'll book me at your other spot. Ha, ha, ha. You know? And uh, <laughs> Did you put the ha, 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 ha? Ha, 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 um, so, ha, uh, So then, but yeah, yeah, I did. You know, keep it light. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't want to make it seem like I'm telling him what to do. Which I'm not, but just putting it out there. So, so then he said, "Yeah, you're you're doing us a favor." So I, I you know, we can definitely have that conversation. Mm, he didn't need to say that. He didn't yeah. need to say any. He could have just said, "Yeah, we'll see." Yeah, we he just didn't appreciate have to respond. You. No, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't have to respond. I didn't need an answer. Like you know, but he said, "You know, yeah, if tonight goes well. Let's talk." The night went well, and and I took a lower rate to fill in mm. that night. Now I'm getting a booking at my full rate at the other spot. Nice. And shout out to him for respecting that rate and not saying, yeah, but you did our spot, our first spot for this amount, a lower rate. You know, why can't you know, why can't he, he could have he he worded it yeah. and done whatever he did. But, you know, big ups to him. And because he asked me when you talk, because I even talked to the owner about getting at this other spot. Mm. And even then I knew the owner's not going to like, even though you are the owner and you cut the checks. It's, he's still not going to be able to get me booked because that's just, I just don't feel like that's how it's going to work. It's not yeah, that yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah. Some cases it is that easy. Um, So so then, yeah, even ch- asking the owner, I, it, it didn't work out. So big ups to this guy, this booker for sticking to it, honoring my, my rate nice. and giving the opportunity. Again, sometimes these things happen when you go into a, a day early or if you take a lower rate, mm-hmm. shit happens. So... Man, I can tell we got low energy on the second episode. <laughs> this bro. is terrible. Yo, so for those of you who don't know, we like you see us in the same shit as the last episode. We're, we're pulling a two day, and it, we we just can't come to the office next week. Um, but so excuse the same look. No, you're not seeing the same episode. This is a different episode. This is a different episode. <laughs> this is an episode extension of the last this episode. And yes, our energy is we had a very little, low. Look, we had a little curveball. I I just I got lost in whatever, whatever the fuck we were saying. Yeah, we we um. DJ City, uh, we are. Let's just say our set might change pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna get a budget, I think. Um, <laughs> Jesus, let's go, let's go, baby, let's um, go. But uh, but yeah, don't mind us if we're we're low energy here at the end. So so again, um, please send us questions. Yeah, you know, Martin, we're, we're introducing them in the show. At least one question, and then episode ten, which is the next episode. We'd like to have that episode dedicated to your questions, your concerns, your clashes of insight, et cetera. So repost questions. Um, and, and I think we're going to put up a banner. We're all going to put up banners on stories saying with the, you know, 
give us a question. Yep. A DJ related, well, whatever. We'll do that. Anything related mm-hmm. question. Um, and so, yeah, again, we appreciate the support. Continue to repost. And uh, yeah, we are out of here. Yeah, I think that does it for uh, episode nine. nine. Good nine. lord. And we're moving. Uh, nueve. See. Sí. <laughs> episode nueve. Yeah.